This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Uh, Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Happy Monday, especially for all of you in Kansas City. Congratulations. I know it's a bummer. If you're in Philly, but despite the way that game more or less ended, that that holding penalty on the defense that gave the Chiefs an automatic first down, and eventually the game, the game-winning field goals, they milked the clock. What a game. What a Super Bowl. What a performance. We will talk about it nonstop for the next two hours. Brady Pingo will join us. We'll be by Super Bowl champion for the Packers. But let's start here. I know there's a lot to unpack. I know that Jalen Hurts was exceptional and on the ground with his arm proved that he belongs every bit as, as one of the key names you bring up when you talk about dominant, great, stellar, franchise-level, Super Bowl-capable winning quarterbacks. That Chiefs offensive line was amazing. It was amazing. Andy Reid's second half game planning again was extraordinary. That call was brutal, even if it was technically correct. But all hail Patrick Mahomes, whose performance was every bit as fantastic and beautiful and incredible as the hype that surrounds him. Don't listen to the box score. Don't look at it. We say here on the show, box scores lie. And man, did that box score not tell the tale or the story. Chiefs fall into a hole early on. 24-14 against that Eagles team. The Eagles defense never sacked Mahomes, but they hurried the hell out out of him. They made life difficult. Toward the end of that first half, there was a play where Mahomes, as he had to do several times, scrambled on that bad ankle, that high ankle sprain, to try and get away from that Eagles pressure. And while it wasn't a sack, Mahomes got wrapped up. wasn't a dirty play. My wife and kids are huge Chiefs fans. My kids were born in Kansas City. My son, all day. And I'm not, you know, don't judge me as a parent. Maybe on Saturday, too, was wearing the same Mahomes jersey. My wife doesn't really follow sports, but she loves Kansas City. They were screaming, a lot of swear words from the wife and the kids, not really, maybe a few, that it was a dirty play when Eagles wrapped up Patrick Mahomes and grabbed at his ankle. It wasn't. They're just bringing the guy down. But you saw the pain at the end of that first half. Mahomes basically half limps, 
half-one-legged hops off the field. And, and give Fox Sports credit. They did a great job on the broadcast. They cut to the pain that he's in, the misery he's in. There was a question whether he was going to return. And he comes back in that second half, down 10, and was nothing short of, of incredible. His legacy, him versus Brady someday, where he ranks all-time already. All those things I think are interesting fodder for the years ahead. Hell, we're going to get into some of those in the segments ahead. But that performance was gutsy. It was incredible. It was talent-laced by Mahomes. Certainly the offensive line was extraordinary. Did not give up a single sack to their quarterback against an Eagles defense that was one of the best in the history of the sport, in the history of the NFL this past season, at going and getting quarterbacks. Mahomes picked up first downs with his ankle. Absolutely shot. There was one big one where he went up the middle toward the end of the game where you could actually physically feel the pain he was in as he hobbled his way across the 50 and picked up a first down. And with key throws and huge plays, and give it Andy Reid credit, there were a couple touchdowns in that second half that were not trick plays, but where they put a man, a receiver in motion on the right and the left, different receivers, and the guy that was assigned to him bit too early, and then the receiver stayed. If you saw it, the first one was on the far right, the second one on the far left, and just walked in for touchdowns. An all-world performance by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles had the better defense by far and were so close to blowing Kansas City out of that game. And Jalen Hurts was was extraordinary. I mean, they didn't have the Eagles the, the, the best quarterback, but it's not like there was a really good quarterback and then another guy. Jalen Hurts was exceptional and incredible. And other than that fumble mistake in the first half that really kept the Chiefs in the game, the Eagles looked like, for huge stretches, they were going to blow Kansas City out. They were going to dominate these guys. An Eagles team that dominated time of possession. They doubled up the Chiefs in time of possession in that first half. They absolutely controlled the rhythm of the game. There was a point, I think it was halftime, where the Eagles had almost as many first downs, it was 17 was the number, as the Chiefs had p- plays from scrimmage. You had the missed field goal for the Chiefs in the first half that clanked off the upright. You had Mahomes looking a little out of rhythm. You had the injury, or what we thought was the re-aggravated ankle injury to Mahomes at the end of that first half. Everything pointed to the fact that the Chiefs were going to lose that game. They're down 10. Their quarterback looks beat up. Their field goal kicker, who's usually very reliable, had already missed critical three points. That Eagles defense hadn't sacked Mahomes yet, but man, they were getting close and knew they were going to break down. We thought that offensive line. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were almost unstoppable in that first half. They were unstoppable in that first half, minus the turnover. There were a multitude in the first half and throughout the game of fourth and one plays. And Greg Olson, who who did a great job, I know he gets a lot of butt. I'm not sure actually listeners care who's doing the play-by-play. I don't. But Greg Olson did a great job, and he pointed out how demoralizing it is when you're a defense, in this case the Chiefs defense, and you know exactly what the opposing team's going to do, and you cannot stop them. Every time it was fourth and one, or third and one, every time it was fourth and one. And give the Eagles and Nick Sirianni credit for largely deciding several of the moments in that game where they were going fourth down, to hell with it. On third and whatever, it was a four, it was four down territory. Every time that offensive line for the Eagles manned up 
and pushed that Chiefs defensive line back one or two yards, and Jalen Hurts just thrust himself across that line. There were moments where the Eagles pushed Chris Jones like they were playing against me. Everything pointed to the Eagles winning that game. Here's the humble brag. Here it comes. You ready? Me and my guy Carson Palmer, who found my voice loquacious last week at Radio Row. Everyone, for the reasons that the first half showcased, for the reasons that I just walked you through, in actual practice, in a Super Bowl, under the lights, in the dominance of that first half, everything pointed to the Eagles winning that game in the first half, in the lead-up to that game, all of last week. And that's why almost everybody, almost everybody, took Philadelphia over, over Kansas City. If you found it a little obnoxious, and I did, even though I like Travis Kelsey and we shared a moment at, 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 at Radio Row, which we don't need to get into again the details. If you found a little obnoxious, Travis Kelsey screaming, nobody, nobody believes in us because nobody did, rarely, except this show, Travis. We got you. We got you. Me and Carson Palmer. And the reason was simple. It's not, math, it's not mathematically smart. It, it's a little fanish or seems that way. It defies the logic of a game in which there's a lot of players who can make huge contributions for better or worse. But Patrick Mahomes was the difference maker heading into the game. And he was the difference maker in that game. And one of the things, and we talk about this, I talk about this a lot on the show, and it played out in in Super Bowl 57, that you can lose track of. That's easy to forget because it, it you just take it for granted in the greats is the way in which actual all-time great quarterbacks, and Tom Brady epitomizes this and did for seven Super Bowls over his 20-some years in the NFL, and Mahomes does the same thing. It's not just their individual greatness, but their ability, for whatever reason, to instill in their teammates a level of confidence that makes those guys better than they are on paper. That offensive line protected Patrick Mahomes because they believed that they did so, they would win that game. There was a huge punt return, the longest in in Super Bowl history for the Chiefs. That was a product of a lot of things, but also a confidence in that special teams that if they just threw every block and they fought for every moment, they could win that game. Do the Chiefs play with their food? Of course they do. We've talked about it again and again and again. And they did it in a dangerous way in this game, going down 10 in the first half with a hobble quarterback. And yet their ability to play that way, to win close games, to understand as a unit that if they just stay in it, Mahomes will save them. Prove to be true again. Mahomes' greatness and his toughness and his remarkable calm under pressure is not to be taken lightly. I feel, I feel bad for Eagles fans because, and it is, it is exactly what we talked about on this show last week. It's exactly what it felt like when the Chiefs, ironically, Lost to the Bucks a few years ago in the Super Bowl. That game, the Chiefs were the better team, the superior team, had the better roster, had more weapons, but there was this guy still in his prime-ish, I guess prime, named Tom Brady, who was just a difference maker. And he is gone, he is retired, and Mahomes learned a lesson from that game and brought that same energy to bear. No Tyree kill, didn't matter. Had to run the ball sometimes to mix things up because of Mahomes' ankle, didn't matter. Mahomes, and he picked up some some huge plays with his with his legs, but only in very necessary situations. The guy was in pain. That injury didn't matter. The Eagles are one of the better, and I was wrong. Philly fans, listener Bryce, Eagles fans, 
whatever dumb doubts I had about your, your Eagles team, whatever silly misgivings I had about a young Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, whatever I said that wasn't anything but, but unvarnished praise, my bad, I was wrong, I was dumb. I know that's weird to say the day after they lost the Super Bowl, they were extraordinary and worthy of the win and an incredible football team. And I'd like to tell you that they're, they're set for the future, but these things are diff- It's a fleeting reality. Jalen Hurts was incredible. I hope you get back there. You were amazing. You just ran into Patrick Mahomes. This wasn't Mahomes being magical against a, you know, an okay team and no disrespect to the Bengals because they beat the Chiefs last year. But it wasn't that kind of thing. Like, ah, yeah, maybe it's a flash in the pan. This was an Eagles team that dominated every stretch of the way throughout the season, that beat almost everybody in front of them, that were nearly unbeatable when Jalen Hurts actually played. This wasn't a team of momentum, and the momentum cooled off, or they ran into an equally momentous team who was more talented. This wasn't a fluke of luck. This wasn't a couple random plays here or there that got the Eagles into this situation. If anything, it was the other way around in that game. Touchdown return by the defense of the Chiefs on that, on that turnover, huge. Pump return toward the end of the game that set up a touchdown, huge. The ability for Kansas City to get, and we'll get into the, into the play call. I know there's a lot of frustration out there about the, the defensive holding penalty, Changed the game, ended the game. Brutal, awful, terrible way, terrible way for that game to end. Huge. All of those things contributed. But this was about one of the better teams we've seen in the Super Bowl in years. And I'm trying to think of a better team. Maybe maybe the Chiefs. The last team I, that I can remember that was this good that didn't win was that Chiefs team from a few years ago. Which maybe bodes well for Philly that you have to go through these things and learn a little bit. Patrick Mahomes is what happened to the to the Philadelphia Eagles. Patrick Mahomes is what happened to Nick Sirianni looking so confident on the sideline. Patrick Mahomes is what happened to a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who for huge stretches of the game looked completely and utterly, literally unstoppable. There's credit that goes around. I think I've said this four times. I'll say it a fifth. Credit that Chiefs offensive line for somehow keeping the most formidable defensive front line, front seven, whatever you want to call it, in the NFL, away from Mahomes. It was especially an injured Mahomes. It was absolutely incredible. Incredible. Credit the Chiefs' defense in the second half. And this is what, what happens with, with, with Spags a little bit for just making enough adjustments to, to get some stops against the Eagles. Credit the good fortune the Chiefs had. Credit Travis Kelsey for being Travis Kelsey. Credit Juju for stepping up. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's also the guy that won that penalty, but just had a huge second half in terms of being a secondary target. But the story of this, and credit Andy Reid for the adjustments and the, and the play calling and the ability to, again, the opposite of Reid when he was in Philly, which is its own irony, be so calm under pressure and in a hole in this case. But this is the Patrick Mahomes story. The guy is such a remarkable talent. And it felt like, in retrospect, it never should have been in doubt that at a minimum, he was going to keep his team in the game. He was going to give them a chance. And if you have a chance, and you have Mahomes, you're probably going to win. Which is why I took him, why my new best friend Carson Palmer took him, why Travis Kelsey, I think erroneously, called out the world for not believing in the Chiefs, and why they are again world champions. They've got two rings. They've won two of three. Patrick Mahomes is a force of nature. It's not the last one he's going to win. Well, my it does. Well, I I feel so much for for Philly fans. Although my mom doesn't like Philadelphia, my whole family are Chiefs fans. This is a little. My my, my parents live in 
in Kansas City part of the part of the, part of the time. And my brother and sister lived there, went to high school there. I didn't. I, I was already out in college when they moved to KC. But there was a string going last night. Yeah, we did the Chiefs. You know, Chiefs and the confetti's falling. And mom, I'm sorry to call you out on this. And, and I don't endorse this, people of Philadelphia. I did ride into the string, you know, go Chiefs, but that's a really brutal call and a tough way to lose. And my mother's response was, it may be a brutal call, Bill, but Philadelphia fans deserve it. They're the worst. I don't share that. But apparently a lot of people do. I fear, I do. I feel for you, Philly. You ran into Patrick Mahomes. That guy is such an absolute stud. See, I didn't use the word goat. I didn't go there. I didn't, I didn't say he's Tom Brady. But the guy is by far the best player in the National Football League. And when you have that guy at that position, you win Super Bowls. And that's what happened yesterday. What a, what a game. All right, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it rolling. Brutal, brutal moment. Brutal moment at the end of the game. And if you, if you missed the game, you missed the end, or you're a Philly fan, you just don't want to relive it. We'll get into the Chiefs were driving. The score was tied. There wasn't a lot of time left. It was third down. If the Chiefs could score a touchdown, it's obviously critical. If they could have picked up a first down between where they were, and I think it was like the second or third yard line they had to get her to pick up that first down, then they could just milk the clock and, 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 and kick a field goal and basically win the game when a very controversial, literally, not game-changing, season-altering, Super Bowl-winning penalty was called. We'll get into whether or not it was the right call or the wrong call. I didn't want to open with a penalty, even though the game ended that way. But it was a big deal, and we'll, we'll talk to the guys next here about whether or not Philly got hosed when we come back on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. The Chiefs are champions. 
And Philly fans are pissed off, which, you know, is sort of a normal state of being for the Eagles, but with with a, a lot more reason today. Here, here was the deal. What a game. What a game. Chiefs got up eight and late. Big comeback. We're down 24-14 in that first half. And the Eagles didn't flinch, didn't blink, stormed down the field, scored a touchdown. Can't remember. I think another Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown. The guy that's all feels like all that he did was he was so good and so impressive. That box score didn't lie. If you look at the rushing stats too, that guy was as amazing in the box score and outside of it the, as Mahomes was. If you if, if you actually watch the game, they get the two point conversion. It's thirty five thirty five. Chiefs move the the ball down the field. There's a little under two minutes left. It's third and seven or third and eight from the 15-yard line. And Juju makes a, a move sort of down the left side into the corner. It's wide open, but the ball's not even near him. So it feels like failed on a pass from Mahomes. Failed third down conversion. Chiefs going to try to kick a field goal. It's going to be like a buck 50 or 54 left or whatever the hell it is. Up three. And it kind of felt like the Eagles were probably going to march down the field and maybe win the game. A lot of pressure, but... Amazing ending, and then there's a flag. And, and if you're watching like I was on, on Fox Sports, the flag thing comes up. And, and the call was defensive holding on James Bradbury against Juju Smith-Schuster. And it was the difference maker in the game. Automatic first down. Allowed the Chiefs, and they took advantage of this. They actually had an opportunity. The, the Eagles defense just seeded the touchdown. And wisely... I can't remember who had the ball at that point. The Chiefs went down on the two-yard line, milked the clock, kicked the field goal, left whatever it was, nine seconds left, kickoff, squib kick, six seconds left, one play for Hurts, wasn't even close, game over, confetti's falling. Clark Hunt, everybody's crying but Clark Hunt. I know Clark, but that guy, shed a tear. It's okay, you own the Chiefs. And the Eagles are outraged, and there's a lot of talk that that was absolutely a garbage call. Now, Bradbury, James Bradbury, Eagle, brutal for that guy, who had the, and it was really light if you look at it, there was some argument. Pereira thought, Mike Pereira, friend of the show, thought it was technically that it was, in fact, defensive holding. Greg Olson was like, you can't do that. I mean, come on, man. They were polite about it. Disagreement. And the actual guy who committed the foul, who committed the defensive holding the flag was thrown for that changed the course of the game had this to say after the game. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. I don't know, Andrew. Like, I, I, I wanted the Chiefs to target me. I wanted the Chiefs to win. My kids are Chiefs fans. My wife's a Chiefs fan. That was pretty. That was a pretty brutal call. I can't use the word brutal. It's definitely not the ideal ending. But if the guy that did it said it was a hold, you got to stop. We, the the organ has to stop at some point. It was a hold. I mean, I guess that you're right. It's not a brutal call. It is a brutal way for the game to to end. Right. And everyone seems to put the oh that's so bad for the Eagles. But if that wasn't called, and we see a replay. And you go, all right, well, he grabbed him and he stopped him twice. And he was like two steps shy of maybe catching that ball in the end zone. Right. Are people going to have the same sympathy for the Chiefs that they got screwed out of what could have been the game-winning touchdown in that scenario? I mean, like, it was no. 
It was in the it was in the world of a, it was in the neighborhood of a penalty. It wasn't like they never touched, and it's a complete phantom flag. There was a hold, and he called it. I think the best argument against the flag is that that wasn't called previously in the game. That maybe Bradbury thought and had gotten away with that, so we thought he could do it one more time. But that supposes presupposes that the officials were seeing that and not calling it. Maybe they just didn't see it the previous four or five times, and he saw it then, and he called it, and I I don't hate it. I I just I don't hate it. And I'll add this to: it's one thing if that exact play happens against Juju by Bradbury at any point of the game, and Mahomes going through his his reads throws the ball to the right side to Travis Kelsey or somebody, right? And it doesn't really impact the play. Yeah. I can see if they let it. This is this is a, a this is something cooked up in the workshop by Andy Reid. We'd already seen really the same thing twice, but some tricky plays, different, but tricky plays on the outside where two different receivers basically fake motion or go into motion and then break back the way, counter the way they were going for wide-open touchdowns, so you know the Chiefs are looking for opportunities to create one-on-one situations or wide-open situations in, in in the corners of the end zone. And this is the play, right? It looked to me, and I watched it like you guys probably 50 times, the play is drawn up for Juju, who was on fire in the second half, to get in that left side of the end zone, maybe in a one-on-one situation, maybe just create some space. And so all the focus is going to, right, the entire world is watching that play. Yeah, and so I, I'm and, with you, and I'm okay with the referee. And I don't know that's the. I never. I still don't know their who's where based on where they on the field. That's the back judge, the down judge, the line judge, whoever's back in there at the goal at the goal line through the flag. I'm okay with him only throwing it because Juju was the intended receiver. If Mahomes looks there and goes, he's not open, right. and throws it to the right. right, he doesn't have to call that. But he calls it. Because you don't know if Bradbury prevented Juju from getting to that ball for it to be a touchdown. So I'm okay with the people who are like, the flag was late. Because if he was taking the extra beat to go, the pass right. is coming here, now I've got to call it, then I'm okay with that too. Also, clearly a timing play. Like the right. fact that Juju wasn't anywhere near the ball. When the ball went, and I didn't see, and I don't even know it was on screen, I was watching Mahomes. When the ball went up, it was such a bad throw. Right, it looked like it wasn't, but it looked it was. No one was near the ball that it was. You knew it was either a broken play or a flag was going to come out. And Mahomes right away was pointing at it because people said, right. "Well, not even Juju asked for a flag, but Mahomes saw it right away." And right. what I can't tell is the flag flies. Maybe Juju already saw it go, so he doesn't have to go where's the flag. He knew it was already there, and that's why he just turned and started going back towards the huddle. But Mahomes right away, almost as if he threw right. it because he saw the tug, he saw it right away. He's yelling and pointing at that point of contact. And I'll add this, and I want to get Diesel's perspective. I also think there's some cra- when you're when you're the when you're Philly's defense and you dominated the first half and you come out in the second half and the Chiefs' offense runs rough shot over you and they're doing trick plays and they're running the football and 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 they're they're completing passes. And obviously, it's the end of the game. There also becomes a sense of desperation, where you're like, "I got to do anything I can." It's been a, it, they've been running downhill against us, and so maybe you get a little more handsy too, and just like the guy said, hope Diesel, hope that the flag doesn't come out. I know we're all prisoners of the moment, and for me, I'm not going to say it was the greatest Super Bowl I've ever seen, 
but I hated that ending for what was a fantastic Super Bowl. I can't prove it. I don't know if it impeded Juju making that catch. To me, to the naked eye, I don't think so. I can't prove it, like I said, but for me, what I keep going back to is if you went through every single play in that game, I think you could find scenarios where there was a holding on a wide receiver that was more egregious than that. Then you put it time and place of situation in that game. I absolutely hated that penalty being called. See, I did, yeah, I, I hated it, but I hated it because it was a penalty. I'm not. I'm with Bogus. I'm not mad. I don't think it's the wrong call. I just, I just think you can't see what can't I can't hold the guy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't like. I don't understand the argument of like this deprived us of a great ending. Blah blah blah. Because James Bradbury did something that he's not supposed to do. And I know that other guys do it, but there's things on every play that could be called and are missed or not called by actual decisions by the officials, not to take the flag out of their pants. Like, the official is there to judge the players. So, like, if the player does something that makes the official throw his flag, that's not the official's fault. That's the player's fault. And, like, why should James Bradbury or anybody else be allowed to do something in that moment that he normally wouldn't be allowed to do? I thought I don't even know if we have this out. I thought Nick Sirianni was crazy classy too after the game where he basically said, "Hey man, there's there's a bunch there's a bunch of there's a bunch of plays." Yeah. I mean, they were up there with 10 points. Don't yes. blow a 10-point lead. Did I see the stat right? I know I saw the stat. It can't be right cuz Twitter that's not that can't be the only the second time in Super Bowl history a team has come back from a 10-point deficit at half. At halftime. It's a, it's a very specific thing. It's a 10-point halftime deficit. But that in that in twenty eight three, that's it? Yes. That's uh, crazy. Now man. the Chiefs were down ten in the fourth quarter to the Niners and came back and won. So that ten points in fewer minutes is a I get a better rally, a bigger yeah, rally. Yeah, more impressive. So that's the dumb lies, damn lies and statistics where you yeah. just take the numbers and But I think what it. stood out to me is the got list it. of biggest Super Bowl comebacks is twenty eight three. And then it's like five or six teams that were down ten. So it's the second biggest comeback regardless of time left in Super Bowl history. It was inevitable. And, and there's all these nuances, too, because they made a big deal. Greg Olson made a big deal, and I thought it was really smart at the time. I, I got it. The moment that the Chiefs won the coin flip and deferred to the Eagles, the Fox Broadcasting crew made a great point that the Eagles are the best team absolutely in football at getting a lead, right? They're, they are statistically the best in terms of like scoring on, on the opening drives. They were the best in football. And when that happened, there was all this talk about momentum. And yet, the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, it's the Chiefs. They're always better in the second half. They always start slow. Whatever, whatever the lead is, it's actually seven points fewer than that. I mean, what a, what a chess match it was, I thought, between both those teams and the Chiefs coming out in the second half and cutting it to three and such a momentum shift. I was, I was so impressed. Not the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. There's been some amazing ones. But it was as entertaining until the end. As any get, yeah, it was what a what a and Rihanna. We haven't talked about Riri. How He's, delusional is it that a part of me? I know it never happened, but if we were in a simulation, maybe somebody was having fun. A part of me, I told Lori, I'm like, what are the odds she's just going to go on the stage and be like, "Where's that random guy I saw at Staples Center? We had a moment." Zero, like, is the the number zero, right? Zero. Got it. Yeah, just like she remembers Man. me from our USOpen.com interview back in like 2005. <laughs> she was mad. She was mean to you. Zero chance. She was mean to you. She wasn't mean. She was just like 17 and not famous oh. yet, so she didn't know how to do interviews. 
Got it. Yeah. Well, she knows how to perform. That was – it's always different at the game than on TV, so I don't know what it was like there. That's the best Super Bowl halftime show I can remember. Really? Easily. I loved it. I mean, really. The best one she, ever? She was Spider-Man in that thing. I thought she was going to fall off. I was really worried about her. She wearing a James Bond supervillain thing that also revealed she's pregnant again. Congrats, Riri. It was it was weird. That was amazing. It was very good, but like for the first, I don't know, two thirds of it, it looked like she was mailing it in because she was just standing there going up and down on this weird elevator thing. Like I'm well, used she won't to fall off. No, I know, but I'm used to like dancing and bouncing all around. And she's dancing was, at the end. It builds slow builds. I know. That's why I said about three quarters of the way. Her even even your boy Costos tweeted it. He's like, she, he, she could not be doing less, but this is still amazing. And he was right. She was just chilling on this platform. Going she thought down. she was going to fall. Were, were they, by the way, were they doing Squid Game? I don't know what that was. I have my own theory. Was that? It's not for air, but. Okay, text, text it to me. I will. I'll put it on the air. I know you will. So I will not text <laughs> it to you. Because she's in the red and they're all in the way. It looked like Squid I was like, why are they Squid Game? Isn't that a little like so eight months ago or whenever that came out? There was a Squid Game commercial, too, with Will Ferrell, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the Netflix Ferrell commercial. That was good. good. Uh, did Gronk make the – how did I miss the Gronk field goal? It happened with no fanfare. He did make it, but it – I don't think it was live. Or it was the best live dramatic recording in the history of TV cameras. Because when was it? I watched third every commercial, quarter? I thought. Third quarter, I believe, yeah. yeah. I bet I went and got chips and salsa. What an idiot. But you'd think they would have been like, stay tuned. Like, there'd be like a previous commercial saying, you know, the Gronk kick and the next commercial break, like, stick with it. And then it just, because it was just all of a sudden there, it happened, and then it was over. Yeah, you really didn't miss much. There was a lot of buildup, not a lot of payoff. No, and no sound, right? There was no announcement. It was just music and shots, and then the kick, and then that was it. How, so was it super short? I think it was 15 seconds altogether. Because it cost like $12 billion for yeah. those 15 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Man. So Riri was better than Gronk field goal. Oh, yes. Infinitely. Absolutely. It, game, Rihanna, Gronk. If we're power ranking the three performances from last night. So so you're saying Rihanna's performance was the inverse of the Super Bowl. Really slow start, amazing finish versus amazing game, kind of a sad finish. Yeah, that's fine. I just I don't I don't agree with it being the best of all time. One of. Sure, one of, but not not the best of all time. What would you put? The other thing is, I I've been to most, not most. I've been to several Super Bowls, and they're not as good. They're just they perform. Every time I go to a Super Bowl, I watch the the act live. I'm like, eh. And then Twitter and everyone at home is like, oh my god. So I do think there's just an enhanced effect watching on TV. It has to be. I don't know why. It's it's definitely designed for television. It's not produced for the people in the stadium. But you can't even see. Like, I'm sure if you were there in the seats I would be in, she would. Oh, I found out we. Could, I could get Super Bowl tickets. By the way, if you guys, did I tell you if I got a Super Bowl ticket hookup too late? <laughs> that doesn't really count. I'm so mad at myself. Like this morning, someone was like, "I could have gotten you a ticket." No, that feels. No, like... I found out last Friday. Oh, okay. But like, I I couldn't. I you know, I was I was in Phoenix. Don't tell my kid. I was Hopefully gonna. He's not listening. I was gonna say, does Henry know? I don't know. I mean, I here's the thing. I can get him next year in Vegas. The Chiefs are making the Super Bowl next year, right? I know it's a long ways to go, and we should focus on today. But doesn't it? This was Tom's thing this morning. Thanos, do, don't they just feel inevitable now? Who's beating them ever again? They're I mean, at least getting the AFC title game. 
It's five Every in a row, time. right? They don't yeah, even need to be the most talented team to get to the Super Bowl. Like, that's where we're at with the Chiefs. It's the same thing where we're at with Belichick and the Patriots. They're not the most talented. It doesn't matter. They're still going to wind up there somehow, some way. What are the Chiefs doing with whatever their first pick is, the 30-second pick? Of the, are, are they are they just drafting another receiver? Feels like Do you want to break move. the draft down, Andrew? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you make it to the end, Bogish? I did, yes. Are you really tired? Exhausted. Are you, how, many, how many cups of coffee are we on? Uh, just two. Well, one and a half. One was decaf. Why? Why wouldn't you just get all the good stuff in you? Because uh, I figured I might need a third, so I didn't want to have three full cups of caffeine. So we tried to. You got that full Dunkin' Donuts there now. I know, and they've got a decaf dispenser. They got decaf beans back there. I don't understand decaf coffee. I mean, so first of all, it has caffeine in it. It's not uncaffeinated. It's Wait, less. You... It's less caffeine. No. Yeah, it's not empty of caffeine. I thought decaf had no caffeine. No, I think it's got some caffeine, just not as much as you would normally have. Okay, this will we will we will explore this. Either way, I was told by a doctor you probably have less caffeine, so I've gone so I made the switch to decaffeinated, and I don't feel any less of a of a like boost in the morning. Doctor Bill prescribes you more caffeine. Is he right? Yeah, I went straight to the Googs, and you know Google never lies. Uh, decaf coffee does in fact have some caffeine. You just broke my brain. And there's UFOs Thanks. in the sky. <gasps> oh, there's that too. And at least one of them is not a balloon. They don't know what these things are, Bogish. <laughs> I'm surprised you were able to start the show and go 39 minutes before mentioning this for the first time. What? They're shooting things down the size of a car? But apparently people at the Pentagon think it's made on this planet. So there's that. They think. That's their belief. Right. But they also they there's like conflicting it. pilot testimony about what was happening when they were near one of them. Two of them are in bodies of water they hope to get back out of. I mean, come on. We gotta, there's a lot of questions to answer here. One of them's alive? What? I, I mean, we <laughs> may not, not be here Wednesday. We'll be here. We'll be here. Steve, the underwater Aqua King's going to be like, let's all be friends. I, I just want to watch the Super Bowl. He's going to come up going, hoopier than you. Hooper than you. Peace in our time because of hoopier than you. All right, let's get into I I got a I got a Mahomes take. I got I'm going to you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put Mahomes on the all-time list. I'm going to I'm going to rank him somewhere. I'm going to give him a number even though what is he 5 years into his 6 years into his career, 5 years into his career in terms of starting, it's higher than you think. And we'll unveil that. Rather than do UFO talk. Unveiling Mahomes, not UFO talk probably next on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update. From Andrew Bogus. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you on this Super Bowl Monday. Man. Patrick Mahomes. Try this on for size. You ready? With the win yesterday. Hasn't even hit 30 years old yet. Been in the league. This is his sixth year that just came to a close with his victory last night over the Eagles. His fifth year as a starter. Patrick Mahomes now has more Super Bowl wins than Russell Wilson, than Drew Brees, than Aaron Rodgers. He already has as many as Manning, as Big Ben, as Steve Young. Remember, John Elway got two, and he got two at the end of his career. Mahomes, I I don't know if he's going to get to Brady, right? It feels like the LeBron conversation from six or seven years ago. He may, though, get to two. Or three. Brady's got seven Super Bowl wins. It's a good metric, not the only metric by which to judge all-time excellence. Joe Montana, number two for me, has four. Terry Bradshaw has four. Troy Aikman has three. Go down the list. I think Mahomes is the third-best quarterback of all time now. And, and that that's crazy, maybe. I, 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 I guess, perhaps. But... He's unlike any talent we've ever seen, or as good as talents we have seen like Rodgers, but with the actual ability to execute. His rosters have been far from sublime. I mean, the teams that he's worked with, and I'm not taking shots, I'm not. I mean, certainly Travis Kelsey now has the second most, I think it's tied for second most, postseason touchdown receptions in history. The guy's incredible. But it's not like Travis Kelsey made you a winner when Alex Smith was throwing the football. And... Tyree kills somewhere else. It was really good when he was there. There's not a dominant running back you can point to for the Chiefs. And I'd love to know, and Diesel, maybe you know, maybe you don't. I don't. I should have looked it up. I don't know. I'll look it up for tomorrow, maybe. But I got to think, if you were to just look at the metrics of the defenses that have won Super Bowls for Mahomes, of the two that he's won, and the three that he's been in, let's say the two that he's won, I, I got to think that ranks near the bottom of defenses that have won Super Bowls in terms of in their respective years. Had the Eagles won, that would attract, right? Jalen Hurts is amazing. He nope, deserves all the accolades, but he was also playing with the best or one of the two or three best, depending on how you want to measure it. It's really one of the two best of the Niners this past year. Defenses in the NFL, not so Mahomes. So all the accolades, the guys that I just told you that he's tied, he's done that despite the fact he hasn't had the kind of help that you're supposed to have. And his box scores do tend to lie. They just they did in the last one that he won, and, and they did in this one. I can't even keep track. Does he have two or three MVPs now, Tom? Two. He's got two MVPs. He's got that season where he threw a silly number of touchdowns. He's made five consecutive AFC Championship games out of five years that he started. Of the five years he's been a starter... He has made three Super Bowls, and he's won two. And the guy just won a Super Bowl on a bum ankle. He just combined a lack of defense with a Jordan flu game to mount the second-best halftime comeback in Super Bowl history. The guy's a freak of nature. He's a marvelous talent. His teammates love him. He knows how to play hurt. He doesn't have the support defensively that other guys have had. And who knows how the how the Chiefs calibrate their team over the next two, three, five, six, eight years with Patrick Mahomes. But there's every reason to believe at a minimum, 
at a minimum, either they're going to get better defensively or they're going to get better in terms of the offensive weapons they have because this is probably a nadir. This is probably a, a low in terms of weapons that you can you can throw to, at, at Travis. You, you can give Patrick Mahomes outside of Travis Kelsey. They're going to draft receivers. They're going to find guys. They're going to look for dudes that can help. Or they're going to spend their draft capital on going out there and just getting bodies defensively. One of the advantages... Right, you, you draft low, obviously, when you're when you're a good team. But one of the advantages, and we saw this from the Patriots to a degree, that you have when you are a team like the Chiefs, when you're a Super Bowl caliber team with your quarterback of the future, and you're basically set, is that you don't have to draft on betting on the come. You don't have to worry and take risks. You don't have to spend capital on trying to find a quarterback and fill your offensive line holes. It's a complete football team, and now they can supplement and they can increase and improve what they've got. The Chiefs, if they're well run enough, and I think they will be in the years ahead. And Andy Reid said he's not going anywhere. He's not, he's Andy Reid's like Saban, man. He's going to be the old ball coach. He's going to coach as long as he can. They are going to continue to make this team better. It's a whole lot of ring and roll to say they're going to win more rings. Maybe maybe you can put Mahomes for, fourth or fifth. For me, before yesterday, it went Brady, Montana, like like uh, man, Elway, sort of Manning kind of space for, for me. Maybe Drew Brees gets in there. I know people are partial to Marino, and he was amazing, didn't win one. I think Mahomes passes all those guys with a ring. I think he was already ahead. He just couldn't make the argument in good faith. And now it's like, well, Manning was great, but Manning did not play well in the Super Bowl he won with the Colts, that or the second one, really. That Colts defense really took off. And Manning was amazing, don't get me wrong. But when you're judging all-time greatness, it's it's incrementally. Mahomes is the third best quarterback of all time. I'm sorry, he is. And if he's not, he is. I'm right. But if you don't want to be there, you can wait five years. And when he has like three or four, well, however, six rings. What a performance, man. What a game. Really hope Jalen Hurts can stay healthy in his career because that dude's going to have a lot more chances too. Man, the NFL puts on a hell of a show. All right, we're talking all Super Bowl today after the Chiefs win over the Eagles. Let's get a perspective from a Super Bowl champion, Brady Papinga, my buddy, joins us next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 